Good morning, everyone. And happy Mother's Day as well. Um, I have some big announcements today. So the United Methodist Committee on Relief, uh, if you were here last week, you saw that we have big buckets. Uh, and what they do with these, and whenever there is a tornado or a disaster, these uh, relief buckets go to those in need. Uh, the United Methodist Committee on Relief Warehouse shipped a lot of those buckets recently uh, to Ohatchee when they had a tornado. So we are restocking the shelves there at the warehouse. We have those uh, buckets in all the entrances of the church. And it has a list in there of what you need to pick up, and then you just bring the bucket back here. Um, Pastor Sam, you're not going to believe this, but our church was very involved in the run, uh, run for Max uh, for mental health run yesterday at Nakalula Falls. Our church uh, ran the water station up there um, for, for uh, everybody when they were done running, but we had a lot of runners, and every time they were giving away uh, medals for different uh, age brackets, it seems like our church was getting a lot of those. Liz Barnes got one yesterday. Catherine Barnes got one yesterday. Um, Jennifer Jackson is back there. You won for your age group, I believe, as well. And then this was sitting on my desk today to give to somebody, so we're just going to embarrass her because she's not here. Lynn Frederick, this is, uh, this is Lynn Frederick's medal for her age group. So if you know her, send her a text and tell her we were talking about her in church. First place for her age group. So we had a lot of fun yesterday. Um, the church picnic is going to be Wednesday, May 12th at 5 p.m. That's this Wednesday. It's going to be the best food on the planet, JT. Do you believe that? JT believes that. Um, Vacation Bible School is going to be June 7th through the 10th, and you can sign up for that online or just let Catherine know you want to help. Um, today is the last day to order a Vacation Bible School t-shirt, though, if you want one. Let her know. Um, even if you're not helping or sending a kid, you can still order a t-shirt today. May 23rd, coming up soon, it's going to be our senior high, uh, senior high school students' senior Sunday here at church. Uh, and you'll notice these beautiful roses here uh, at the altar. Um, the Early Learning Center here at the church wanted to thank everyone who supported uh, the ELC's Sarah Rayburn Johnson Scholarship Fund uh, by donating a rose in memory of a special woman in your life. Uh, they raised $6,670 from this rose sale, so thank you. And there are currently three children who are receiving scholarships through this fund. So that's, that's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, and this is my last announcement. This one requires work, so I'm sorry. After the service, uh, speaking of the Early Learning Center, they're having a graduation in here this week, and they need us to remove this pulpit. And I don't know if you know this, but it is heavy. So after the service, if you're strong, we need a couple of you to help us. And Matthew Vance is going to tell us where to put it. It only takes about five minutes, but we need your help. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful uh, this Mother's Day that we can come together and worship together. Pray that you'll calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
invite you to stand together this morning as we sing hymn number 103, Now Thank We All Our God, as we stand. Please remain standing and join us for the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. you may be seated and 
I want to invite our children now to go with Miss Catherine to Children's Church. We have the we have the best kids around here, awesome children's director, and they're all headed that way. And while they're making their way that way, Pastor Andy and I are going to come around here in front of these beautiful quilts because we're going to do something special with them. Twice a year, um, we we give baby quilts away to a United Way program called Success by Six. And this is a wonderful program that, that helps uh, young mothers become successful moms. It's not easy raising kids. Can I get an amen from the mamas out there? And uh, we have this group of ladies in our church that do these beautiful handmade quilts. And twice a year we give these quilts. And it should warm your heart to know that mothers in our community are getting a gift like this from our church just as a way to say we love you and we support you and we want your baby to have a beautiful uh, keepsake and some something good to wrap up in and maybe crawl around and take a nap on so we're going to i want you to join me and you uh worshiping with us online from home or wherever you join us in praying for the babies who will receive these quilts and for the moms that will that will be using them and and as a just a thank you for the ladies that uh, that make this possible so join us as we pray lord we pray your blessings on these beautiful quilts these beautiful baby quilts and we thank you for the beautiful babies that are going to to get to enjoy playing and and napping on these beautiful quilts and Lord, may they be a reminder that, that each and every child is precious in your eyes and that each and every mom needs love and support too. So I pray your blessings now on those and also on those who made these quilts and on, on the, all of the workers in Success by Six. And, and Father, we give you the glory for all of it. And we say amen and amen. I want to uh, thank you for your love and support that you show your church. And I want to remind you, if you're here in, in the sanctuary this morning, at the door over here and at the door in the back, you'll find offering plates. You can, you can drop your offering in there. You can, you can give by our uh, church app. You can give online. And uh, we, we thank you and we need your support. And if you haven't given your Alleluia offering, we've, we've had a really, really good Alleluia offering. I'm excited about the new Children's Worship Center. Aren't you, Pastor Andy? He's, he's excited pretty much all the time. But we are really excited about the new Children's Worship Center we're going to be able to do with this Alleluia offering. And it's going to be named after uh, Joan Hightower and, and her memory. And it's going to be such a wonderful place. And we're going to get to do some improvements in, uh, in our sanctuary with the, uh, with the cameras and all kinds of different projects we're going to be able to do because you loved your church and you gave. So thank you for that. Let's pray now over our offerings. Lord, when we offer our tithes and our offerings and our gifts to you, we pray that you bless them and that you use them in service to your kingdom. When we give our time and when we give our talents, Lord, we pray that you take our service and that you make it a blessing to others so that 
as a result of all of this, praise comes to you. And all these prayers we offer in Jesus' name. Amen.
Aren't you grateful for our music in, in this church? I tell you what, if, if, if we were, uh, I know we swept the awards uh, for the, the run yesterday up at Nakalula Falls, but, but you know, if we, I want to give everybody up here a medal today too, so that was good. So y'all already have trophies and medals and things like that, I'm sure, but uh, I want to thank you for, for worshiping with us today and, and say a special hello to our, our mothers and all of the special ladies. You know what? We need all the mothers we can get, and I, I want to say hello and greetings to all of you aunts out there, all of you school teachers, all you coaches, all you scout leaders, everybody who helps us get along in life. And we want to honor all the special women in our lives. We have, now, I think someone mentioned earlier, everybody, all, all our special ladies today go to the candy bar. And it's not, it's, it's like a salad bar, except with, uh, instead of lettuce and tomatoes and things, you have chocolate. Uh, how cool is that? We have that set up in the Chestnut Street lobby for, for all of the mothers and all the special uh, ladies that we can't get along without. And also, our children have made, um, made bookmarks. They've colored themselves. Our children's department has, has done that for you. So go by and uh, also there's a backdrop. You can have your picture made with, in front of the backdrop and do a little Mother's Day selfie or something. I don't know. But we appreciate you. And that's the bottom line. And I want to say, oh, I also want to say we have several um, expectant moms in our early learning center and in our church right now. I want to say happy Mother's Day to you because it's a very special time. Uh, Tammy and I were having coffee this morning. We were thinking back about what it's like to be an expectant mom on Mother's Day. And we, it was 23 years ago when she was first an expectant mom on Mother's Day. And she looked at me and she said, Honey, do you remember what you got me on that first Mother's Day? And I said, No. I always tell the truth, guys. It, is, it never works out well if you try to think, you try to fake that you know. I said, No, I don't remember. She said, Well, I do. You got me some blue Birkenstock shoes because I was having to walk a lot with this baby and my feet were hurting. You got me some blue Birkenstock sandals. So all of these years, she still remembers that gift. So look, it's important. Remember, do those things. And, and um, anyway, we want to say special honor. And to mother-in-laws, uh, we're doing a kind of, a, kind of a, a focus on mother-in-laws today in the scripture. You'll notice Luke chapter 4, verses 38 and 39 uh, will be our gospel reading today. After leaving the synagogue... He entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him about her. Then he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. Immediately she got up and began to serve them. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Whenever I read a passage in the Gospels about something that Jesus did and it says after Jesus did so and so, I always want to look and see what happened before then, before the after, because oh, I can't help it. I'm curious. And one of the best pieces of advice I ever got when studying the Bible was to ask questions, get curious, and then let the Bible ask questions to you. Let, let the Bible kind of 
get into the kitchen and rattle around in the pots and pans inside of you. That's the way you get the most out of studying scripture. So what happened right before the after in these verses we read today? What had Jesus just done? We know that he had just been baptized by John in the River Jordan when he received those words of love and affirmation from the Heavenly Father. The heavens opened up and God the Father said, you are my son, the beloved, in you I am well pleased. Um, and then the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And let me just pause right here and say, how good does it feel? How, how good does it feel to be loved and appreciated? It does. That's why we try to treat our moms real special on Mother's Day. It feels good. As a matter of fact, one of the most godly things you can do in your life is to show love and appreciation to somebody. But Jesus didn't get to bask in that for very long because filled with the Holy Spirit, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted, to be tested by the devil. And so curious minds might want to know if Jesus was God's beloved in whom he was well pleased, then why did God allow him to go into the wilderness and to the desert to be severely tested? And it was because he was God's beloved. It was because he was not just son of God, but son of man, that humanly speaking, he had to endure every kind of testing and temptation that we do uh, to be our high priest, to be our sympathetic high priest. And after 40 days in the wilderness, he came out and he went to Galilee, and it says, it is, it's interesting, in Luke 4.15, it says that his ministry through, through the synagogues and through preaching in, uh, preaching in the Galilee, it says, everybody praised him. He was praised by everyone. That's how well-received he was. So let me just kind of stop right here and say, it feels really good to be accepted and to be praised, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel good to just be welcomed and to be well-received and to be praised for, for what you're doing? One of the most godly things that we can do still today is to show acceptance and to say kind words to others and to make them feel welcome. And that's what happened to Jesus uh, in, in Galilee. And then Jesus went to his hometown and everything kind of changed. Uh, his home folks were not so loving. His, his home folks were not so appreciative, not so accepting. And they did not say kind words. Instead, here's how it went down. Jesus read from the scroll from Isaiah and he said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And then he said some things to them that were true, but that they didn't like. And here's what it says that they did. It says that they got up, they got up, and we're talking about Jesus' hometown folks in his hometown synagogue here, and they led him to the brow of the hill on which the city was built so that they might hurl him off a cliff. Wow. Let me just pause right here and say, it hurts. It hurts a lot to get rejected and to get mistreated by people that you love. One of the most ungodly things any of us can do is to treat somebody like a reject, right? To, to, 
to run them out of town and either literally or metaphorically throw them off a cliff. So Jesus had that experience and and then it says he went to Capernaum, another town in Galilee, and he taught in the synagogue there and he cast an unclean spirit out. And there it says in Capernaum, people began to spread good tidings about what Jesus was doing. It feels really good when people spread good tidings about what you're doing. When people gossip about you in a good way, that feels good. That feels really good. When you say something special and something that blesses, uh, that's a blessing to other people, the flip side is also true. One of the most ungodly things anybody can do is to gossip negatively and to spread false reports about somebody. And so now Jesus leads that synagogue, the one where he preached with authority and cast the unclean spirit out. And it says in the scripture we get today in the Gospel of Luke, it says that he went into Simon's house. Now, we need to just be clear that this is Peter. This is Simon Peter. And he goes into Simon's, Simon's house. And remember that, that Luke, the gospel writer, if you're doing the Luke Bible study with me on Wednesdays, you know that, that Luke's occupation is he's a physician. And so he, he very specifically says that she was in the grips of a major fever. That's how, that's how it's described in the original language. He's, that Peter's mother-in-law is in the grips of a major fever. She's, she's sick. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes it kind of helps me to think about the disciples as real, real people, just average people. And it's, it just really kind of helps me to think about the fact that Peter was married. He had a wife. And how do I know he had a wife? Well, he had a mother-in-law. And the only way you get to have a mother-in-law is to be married. So shout out to my mother-in-law. I love you. I've got a great mother-in-law. Uh, so Peter's mother-in-law was sick. Um, I wonder what Peter's mother, uh, what Peter's wife was like, don't you? I wonder what, it, I bet she was patient and maybe long-suffering, much like my own dear wife. But um, Jesus and the disciples, it says, ask about Peter's mother-in-law, how she was doing. And don't miss that little detail because they showed concern. They cared about how Peter's mother-in-law was doing. And then it said that Jesus healed her. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. Now, is anybody surprised that Jesus did that? Anybody? I, we're not surprised at all, are we? Because that's just what Jesus did. Everywhere he went, he served. Everywhere he went, he brought healing every single time. That's just who he was. And then Peter's mother-in-law, who had just been healed, she had been seriously ill she got up and did something that, on the surface, it seems funny. It seems, not, not funny, ha-ha, but funny, strange. It says that she got up and she started serving them immediately. And, and I don't know, there's a part of me that thinks, well, 
Didn't she deserve a couple of days off? Couldn't she have just taken some time and sat on the couch in her pajamas and watched Netflix for a day or two? She'd just been sick. But see, she immediately got up and began to cook dinner for them. Now, I don't know if that's actually what she did. It says she served them, but I just imagine that she was cooking for them. Cooking. That's what I have picture in my mind. And it makes me remember being a kid and being at my grandmother's house and we would be sitting around my grandmother's table and, and there would be just delicious food all over the table and my grandmother would be going around and she'd just be fussing over everybody. You know what I mean? She's just fussing over everybody, just making sure everybody got it. Not only did she cook all the stuff, she was just making sure everything was just right. And, it, it, and if she ever did get around to sitting down and eating herself, she'd be the last one. And she'd probably get in one of those chairs that, you know, is kind of the odd chair that gets pulled up to the corner. Do y'all ever hear those, those music? There's an odd chair that gets pulled up to the corner, and that's where, that's where she would sit. And I remember thinking, something's just not right about that. And I leaned over to my mom. I remember leaning over to my mom and say, Mom. Doesn't so, Mama should be sitting down. I call her Mama. Mama should be sitting down, and somebody should be fixing a plate for her. And why is she having to do all of this when she did all the cooking? And my mother looked at me and she said, Don't you worry about her. She's really enjoying herself. I didn't understand that a bit. Enjoying herself? Now I understand. Now I understand, though, because my grandmother and because Peter's mother-in-law, they knew the secret, right? They knew the secret. I'm going to share with you the secret today. I'm going to share, well, actually, I'm going to share three secrets about serving. One is this. Peter's mother-in-law knew the secret that serving is a joy. It's a joy to serve. It's a joy to take the talents that you're giving and to use those talents to bless somebody else. I mean, Peter's mother-in-law didn't resent having to serve. had the biggest smile on her face the whole time that she was serving them. Don't you? I remember my grandmother having a smile on her face while she was taking care of all of us. It's a joy to serve. Haven't you discovered that? Haven't you discovered it really is a joy to get to do something to make be a blessing to somebody else? Um, it's also a way to help lift you up. If you're ever feeling down about yourself, if you're ever feeling depressed and down in the doldrums, you want to you know how you can lift yourself up out of that? You can go and do something for somebody else. And you say, well, Pastor Sam, I can't cook. And, and if I cooked something for somebody, I wouldn't get joy out of it, and they wouldn't get joy out of it. They'd get indigestion out of it. That's what they'd get. It doesn't have to be cooking and serving food to somebody. Just listen for your calling. And you say, well, what is my calling? Here, here I'm going to tell you how we find our calling. We take 
the, the gifts and the passions, the great gifts and passions that we have, and we find where they intersect with the great needs of the world. And at that intersection is your calling. At that intersection is, is the place where you find joy, being a blessing to others. And all of it is kingdom work, no matter what it is. It's a joy. The, no, the next secret, the second secret that Peter's mother-in-law learned was that, that serving is a natural response to a thankful heart. You, you give because you have received. You, you bless others because you have been blessed. And you know that out of a heart of thanksgiving, you bless because you have been blessed. You, you're blessed in order to be a blessing. It's really not that complicated. Jesus had healed her from this fever and she was thankful. She had received, so she wanted to give. That's the secret. You give because you were blessed. This last Wednesday, uh, I had an opportunity to be a part of a funeral for a really dear, sweet lady who was a really good example of what it means to be a servant. She and her husband, her husband passed away a couple of years ago, and, but, and both of them together, though, I think just did about everything you can imagine to serve their church and to serve their community. And this is, I mean, I mean they helped to start the volunteer fire department. They helped start an ambulance service. They, um, her husband uh, served as mayor and the, they did everything in the church, helped start the food pantry. They, they just were servants. They had servants' hearts. Her name was Joe, and everybody called her Mama Joe. Now, she has children, but everybody called her Mama Joe because she was a mama. She served people. Her um, funeral had four ministers to speak. And I know what you're thinking. I, I know you're thinking four preachers. That must have been the world's longest funeral. But no, it wasn't like that. But one of those four ministers uh, that spoke at Mama Joe's funeral grew up in the community and had known them practically his whole life. And he said one of his earliest memories was when he was eight years old and he was playing Little League Baseball. And Bobby was his baseball coach. Now, why would anybody volunteer to be a baseball coach for a bunch of little boys? Well, Bobby did that because when he was a little boy, somebody had volunteered to do that for him. And he grew up to be a great baseball player. So he was giving back, right? And he said one of his clearest memories is when he was eight years old, Bobby took the whole baseball team over to the house and Mama Joe fed them hot dogs and gave them a bottle of Coke. Now that's... Sounds simple. 60 years ago, though, 60 years ago, for a little boy to get a bottle of Coke was a pretty big deal. I can tell you that. It was a pretty big deal. And he said nobody had ever done that for him before. And 60 years later, he still remembered that small act of service. 60 years later, here is a man who had devoted his whole life 
to serving others. As a campus minister and a minister at another church, 60 years ago, he still remembered somebody was a blessing to him and he wanted to pass it on. And he did. See, it wasn't complicated. It wasn't fancy. But it was part of a circle, a cycle. You know, we are blessed and we are a blessing to others and they are blessed and they are a blessing to others and instead of a vicious cycle, it's a virtuous cycle. Around and around it goes and people get joy all the way around. All right, the third secret that Peter's mother-in-law learned about service was that if you want to follow Jesus, serving is the way to do it. Serving is a way to have a godly way of life. My mind goes back every year around Easter time when we have our Monday Thursday service, the Thursday before Easter. And my mind always goes back to when Jesus took the disciples to the upper room to celebrate the Passover meal. And when they got there, uh, the disciples were well, A, they were very, very distracted because of all the things that were going on. And B, they were actually arguing with each other over who was the greatest. And then in the midst of all that, Jesus got up from the table and he wrapped a towel around his waist and he poured water into a bowl and he got down and he started washing their dirty feet. And then he said this in John chapter 13, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He, did, uh, he gave an example that lives on and on to us. I have set an example for you, Jesus said, because you know there's a connection between godliness and serving. There's a connection between following Jesus and being a servant. Serving others connects us to God. It connects us to the one that we're serving. And it also connects us with each other, with our fellow servants. There is a special bond that takes place and is formed when we work together with other people serving our neighbor. If you, if you don't believe me, just ask any of our ladle of love teams. Just ask any of the, the folks who work together in the clothes closet or who help do, do projects for teachers appreciation at Stripling Elementary or for caring angels or for disaster relief. If you've ever been on a mission trip, you know there's a bond connecting. Reconnecting has been our theme for the last few weeks. We talked about how after feeling maybe disconnected, how we're reconnecting and we're talking about reconnecting through prayers and through presence and through gifts and today through service. Does that sound familiar? It, it should ring a bell with you. Prayers, presence, gifts, and service. Whenever anyone comes for church membership, uh, pastor Andy or myself or whoever the pastor is, ask them this question. Will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and will you uphold it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? 
Those are the ties that bind us. So let me close with a challenge. How will you reconnect this year by serving? How will you take the gifts and the blessings that God has given you and pass them along to others just because you have a thankful heart? And you say, well, I guess that's my duty. It, it is it's a duty if we want to follow Christ, but it's also an honor. It's also a joy. It's also just the natural response of a thankful heart. It's who we are. It's not just what we do. Now, if you don't know how you can serve, uh, where you can plug in, you can ask me, you can ask Pastor Andy, you can, you know, if you want to make our, our children's director, Catherine Barnes, if you want to make her have a big smile today, go up and say, Catherine, I want to help with Vacation Bible School. You will see a big smile, I guarantee you. Sheila Freeman is our, our Connectional Ministries Director, and she is always, always, wave at Sheila back there. She's back there. In the, she's always looking for people to help. And if you want to know how you can serve, give us a call. It brings joy to you and to others. It's, it's a godly way of living. It's a way of expressing our thankfulness to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we know it says in your word in 1 Peter chapter 4 that we all should use whatever gift we have received to serve others as faithful stewards of your grace in its various forms so that in all things, oh God, you may be praised through Jesus Christ our Lord Help us, Lord, to serve like you did. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn is, um, goes right along with this. It's number 389. is freely, freely, freely you have received, freely give. Let's this, let this be our prayer as we stand together and sing.
And now with thankful and joyful heart, let us go forth to serve others and glorify God in Jesus' name. Amen.